truth is, I am Iron Man. Lieutenant Dan! Inconceivable! I got a bad feeling about this. Welcome back to Flicks and Clicks. My name is Micah. And I'm Tyler. And I'm Keelan. Today we're talking about Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, which is episode 25 of the Star Wars Uni Saga Canon. Uni Saga Canon. Do you know it? 2020. Releases 2020. It's the new console, actually. <laughs> $700. Comes with a free bag of Lay's ruffles. <laughs> Star Wars. Lay's Ruffles. Star Wars edition. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, you probably remember Tyler's voice. You probably remember my voice. Uh, but we have a third host with us today. Uh, Keelan, welcome to the show. Thank you. Yeah, I'm super excited. I'm curious to see. A lot of people say that Tyler and, and my voices uh, sound very similar. Um, I don't know because I only hear my voice from the inside of my ears. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how distinguishable our voices are. Yes, I've I've heard the same thing. And then if my dad comes in, apparently his voice is exactly the same as well. So, See, I've known both of you for like almost 20 years, 18 years, 17 years. And I don't think you guys' voices sound alike at all. So... My voice is a lot higher, like more like a girl's. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, Anyway, Keelan is here and we're really happy to have him. He's a big Star Wars fan, just like Tyler and I. And so it's going to be a good show, I think. Uh, We're going to talk the newest Star Wars and probably talk about some other Star Wars, but this is mostly going to be a review of that movie. If you haven't seen it yet, we're going to be spoiler free for probably the first 20 minutes. I will let you know when we get into spoilers. So if you want to listen and be like, well, do they recommend it? Do they not? We can uh, cross that bridge when we get to it in about 20 minutes or so. So yeah, there you go. Sounds good to me. Also, Keelan's my brother. I don't think we said that. Yeah. Yeah. We uh, share the same, uh, Blood. Bathroom. Oh, yeah. Bathroom. Blood. We used to. <laughs> Thank goodness we don't anymore. <laughs> uh, keep in mind, too, Keelan and I have been... Keelan and I are in the same spot. Uh, we've been having some trouble, some technical difficulties, so it might sound a little bit echoey or whatever. Um, we decided just to give you the guys the content anyway, just because we're ready to go. So we're ready to talk Star Wars. If you're ready to listen about Star Wars, well, then let's go for it. I mean, Yeah. Let's get into some general thoughts. Um, Tal, you want to go first? Sure. Uh, one of the... So, so the ninth episode of Star Wars. Sorry, I have to get myself back into the mindset here for a second. I liked this movie. I did. I won't tell you my rating, but um, if I gave you any context without any spoilers, I would say like I liked number seven. I didn't like number eight, and I liked number nine. And I liked number nine a little bit less than I liked number seven. So I thought there were some good effects. I thought that uh, there was some good character development. I thought there was some bad character development. I thought there were characters that were really cool that were introduced. And I thought that 
some characters that were introduced should never exist. So, you know, wide variety for me, but in the, in the end, I liked the movie. I thought it was good. I, I would recommend. Nice. Keelan, general thoughts? Yeah, I, um, I remember leaving the theater uh, for Rise of Skywalker and feeling better about it than I did uh, when I left the theater for the first time for uh, The Last Jedi. Um, yeah, there's definitely some really cool moments, uh, good character uh, interactions throughout, which is really cool. Um, and yeah, there's some pretty uh, emotional parts and... I think certain things uh, kind of missed the mark on what they were trying to accomplish with. I mean, it's a bit, it's a big thing to try to wrap up the saga, the Star Wars saga after uh, what forty-two years or something. Um, mm-hmm. And so, uh, I think it was hard, especially for me to. I tried to have low expectations, um, but I think I like as much as I tried to convince myself that. Um, might not be as good as I hoped. I think I was always secretly hoping that it was going to be some mind-blowing thing. Um, uh, but yeah, no, it's still it's a fun movie. Uh, and yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah, I agree. Um, I remember thinking after the after I saw The Last Jedi, I, I just remember thinking, I know, I, okay, this isn't about The Last Jedi, I get it, but this, it, it ties in. So uh, I remember thinking after The Last Jedi, like, I remember feeling like I had been wronged or something. Um, Like they had just changed so much about it. It didn't really feel like a Star Wars movie. And anyway, I didn't feel that way after um, uh, episode seven or episode nine. So I I, I felt better about uh, The Rise of Skywalker. I had a lot more fun watching it as well. I feel like I I had a lot more fun in the theater um, for my first viewing. It wasn't opening night, um, but... Yeah, I just, it was, I saw it with my whole family. That's kind of a tradition. Anytime a new Star Wars movie comes out, we'll go, we'll all go and see it. Because um, they usually come out like Christmas time and we're usually spending time then anyway. So, so yeah, I had a, a blast with my family. We were laughing about it and talking about it for a couple of days, if not a week afterwards. Um, whereas after The Last Jedi, when we all saw it, we talked about it for maybe an hour <laughs> and then didn't mention it again for a while. Um, so yeah, I I think if you like Star Wars, um, watch it for sure. If you haven't seen it yet, um, if you didn't like eight, um, or even if you did, I think it's a good conclusion um, to to the whole saga. So, plus you find out that Rey is a descendant of Chewbacca, so it's <laughs> pretty. It's a pretty mind-boggling thing. I it's immediately like, looked at my watch. Why isn't she Harry? I was like. We're not at that time yet. No, you can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not spoilers yet. No, 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 no. So, uh, yeah. So there's some uh, couple general thoughts. Um, I felt like the music was great. Uh, music was, you know, it it wasn't the worst of any of the Star Wars. I don't think it was the best, though. Um, but there's definitely new themes. And this is the, the music in this one is kind of like, let's throw every theme into one song for six minutes and see how many themes we can get. It's like Leia's theme and then, and then you know, the Jedi, the normal Jedi theme and then Rey's theme and then... Luke's theme. Yeah, it's right, all the themes. And so, it, you know, masterful, um, but at the same time it was kind of like, it was a lot of fan service in the music I felt like, which is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
not a whole lot of new stuff um, except for when it's like showing the the bad guys in their their lair or planet that that they're on so yeah that's interesting that you brought that up because in my opinion i there's uh maybe one or two standout tracks i think that are new uh to rise of skywalker um i would say this is probably my least favorite soundtrack of all of them even including the the standalones that are composed by uh other composers um yeah i don't know i they do have a fair amount of callbacks like musical keys and stuff um but it's all stuff we've heard before and we'll get into more specifics later i'm sure but um there are certain moments in the movie that i think would really benefit from having music and it's silent and there's no music at all and um that was a pretty big disappointment for me personally because i like the star wars music this the soundtrack is is so iconic and it's always so engrossing and it just kind of sucks you in um because if you think about sci-fi in general like big orchestral um like 30s style music you wouldn't think that really belongs but as soon as you hear it you think oh that's star wars that's like i feel like i'm in star wars um so yeah music is a huge part of the franchise for me and i was a little disappointed with with this one in particular especially when you consider that after the um after the original trilogy they did the prequels and the prequels had the most flipping fantastic music ever it was so good and there was so much new like i i've never I just always thought that was all Star Wars because we grew up with the prequel trilogy and the original trilogy the whole time. But if you listen to just the original trilogy, 4, 5, and 6, and then you listen to 1, 2, and 3, they are astronomically different. They're not even close to the same thing. They're so different. And it has the normal Star Wars like music, but whoa. They, yeah, they went way out of, out of the line. You know, and I, I think... This is just speculation, and you guys probably have more to say on this than I do because I didn't do any research. But I think Disney having their hands in the bag made uh, John Williams... Like, I think they, they they stuck their hands into John Williams' creative genius and said, you have to do this. We want more of this. Please give us more of this. And so he wasn't able to do what he does best. And he's getting old. I, I kind of feel like... I kind of feel like maybe... You know, you could be right. I also kind of feel like if they did, he probably would have been like, nah, I'm going to do what I want. Because <laughs> John Williams is like, look, man, I was writing music when you were, you know, negative 10. So, yeah. you know, I mean, you could be right. Um, I think personally that the music in 7, 8, 9 reflects more and sounds more similar to uh, 4, 5, 6 than it does to, to um, the prequels. Um but I would I would agree with you, kind of echo what you said, Tyler. The prequels music is as a whole. If you think of all the music, one, two, and three, is you mean I mean you've got that scene where Darth Maul and the two guys are fighting, and then there's the big choir going on, and you've got um, Anakin and uh, Padme's theme, which is like, you know that da 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 da. That is like, it's. Every time I watch that movie, I'm like, okay, number two, it's got some good action. That's right. It's, you know, it's not my favorite movie, but every time then the music comes, I'm like, oh, this movie's real good. I like this. And I just, I can't stop watching it. 
Um, and I don't think that seven, eight, or nine is that way. Like, there's not like a, I need to listen to this soundtrack. If I was going to listen to a soundtrack, uh, you know, if I had to pick them all in order, I might agree with you, Keelan. I might listen to episode nine last um, because it's, there's not a ton of original stuff. And the stuff that is original is like the dark, scary stuff that is fine, but I'm not just going to choose to listen to dark, scary music <laughs> all the time with my hood on in the dark. Um, so, yeah, I agree. Music, uh, dude, John Williams, though, what a man, what a guy. Isn't he like in his 90s? He's getting there, that's for sure. I don't know. Do you actually man. know his age? He might be in his 90s. He's real old. I'm going to look it up. He's 107. I'm just kidding. He's old enough. <laughs> I didn't look it up. He's old enough that I legitimately thought, like, yeah, he's going to be able to do, like, the very first of the new trilogy, and he's probably going to pass away. Someone else is going to have to take over. But, yeah, he's real old. Yeah, I think he's second in Oscar nominations only to, I think, Walt Disney himself. That's what I was reading. I'd be totally wrong, but he's, yeah, uh, he has a lot of stuff under his belt. John Williams is 88 years old. Wow. Isn't that Lightning McQueen's number in Cars? <laughs> I don't even know. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to derail the conversation. No, no but it is how fast it is how fast uh, Marty and Doc have to go to go back to the future, 88 miles an hour. That's true. Is it 88? Wow. Isn't is it 88? 88 miles an hour. I don't I don't know. I could be wrong. I think it is 88 miles an hour. Yeah. Boy, wrong movie. We really, <laughs> wrong we really movie. know our movies here. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, wow, Back to the Future is good too. Maybe we should... Uh, okay. Episode 9. So yeah, music's good. Uh, what else do you guys think? Um, I think at this point there are uh, like six or seven star wars movies that are still in the works i think three of them have release years um and then there are other ones uh that are confirmed that aren't part of the ones that have already been uh announced so there's going to be a lot more star wars that no one really knows um where they're going to take place if it's going to be um way before way after i know right now uh they're doing a big high republic push uh that's more for books and comics um but i assume uh maybe a movie or at least a a tv show or something will line up with the high republic which is something that takes place uh i think like a couple hundred years before uh phantom menace um that's that time period kind of the golden age of the republic it would be interesting to see how closely Disney holds this like next, you know, to their hip to see if they kind of let Star Wars go off into its own room and do its own thing, even though it's still under the umbrella of Disney. I wonder if they'll let it do that and not have, you know, 12 executives having their hands in everything. Um, I think that would be uh, good. But at the same time, that's kind of what they did. They kind of let Ryan Johnson do whatever he wanted with The Last Jedi and that was obviously very controversial. Um, but, I mean, uh, bad press is still press. It's still news. Bad news is still news. It's still talk about the movie. All press is good press. 
Well, and, and the interesting thing is uh, The Last Jedi is one of the uh, most critically acclaimed Star Wars movies out there right now uh, in terms of just like the critics. It's the everyone loved. I remember reading reviews before the movie came out, which is something that I try not to do, but I always end up doing. Um, and it was, uh, I don't know, in like the high 90s, 97, 96, 97% um, on... Rotten Tomatoes and, and Metacritic before the, the fans got to see it. Um, Which proves that critics are crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, now it's at a 90. Yeah, it's we can get more into the, into that uh, when we rate all of them. But, yeah, I have some thoughts on that movie that are, I guess, probably a little different than your guys's, But Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I um, uh, I'm a little stuck in my ways. I only saw that one once too. So, go ahead, Micah. Uh, I like the characters in Nine a lot. I like where they went. Um, with I'm not going to talk about any of the new characters yet because we're not in spoilers at all. But, um, I liked where uh, Ray, Poe, and Finn went. Um, in this, I felt like they worked together. Um, again, and that wasn't really as much of a thing in uh, the Last Jedi is they were sort of separated for a lot of it, um, which, I mean, which is fine. But just their, their working together, the way that they work together, they work together really well as a team, and they worked really good as, as a team in this movie. Um, and I thought that that was a big uh, uh, plus um, for it, for sure. Um, and then, yeah, they brought in a lot of new characters that some of them are cool. And, and I felt like they gave the droids things to do in this one, which was, which was cool. I, I didn't feel like all, you know, I didn't feel like, oh my gosh, C-3PO has, they just threw him a random fan service line. No, it wasn't really like that. He had a pretty integral part, which I'm sure you probably saw from the trailer if you haven't seen the movie, but, um, but yeah, they gave him a pretty integral. R2 isn't as much used, um, but there's some other new characters and whatnot too. But, but yeah, as far as characters go, what'd you guys think, uh, on that one without spoiling anything? Um, yeah, I'm with you on the the main three, uh, Poe, Finn, and Ray. They have such good chemistry in this movie. Um, it's so it's fun to watch them uh, go out on an adventure together. Um, Ray and and Poe don't even meet until the end of the Last Jedi, um, which is crazy. The two of the biggest characters, well, the lead and uh, a supporting lead. It's yeah, it I, that's crazy to me. But they they really pick it up and that's when it's it's fun to watch i just remember thinking of the last jedi one of the parts that uh isn't my favorite is that the casino planet thing where finn and rose go off on that like casino planet thing and they ride those big-eared horses or whatever um but i just remember thinking like you know, I kind of wish Finn had something else to do because <laughs> I just didn't really, I didn't, I didn't really care for that. And so it was good for me at least to get um, Finn back together, at least with Poe and the two of them uh, working together. So I just, I keep like, now you just reminded me, like, um, I forgot that that was even part of that movie. You know why? Because it doesn't effing matter at all. <laughs> like that whole thing could not, it could have just not happened at all. <laughs> And the movie would have been exactly the same. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Save okay. the horses, believe the children. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But the critics love it, so you know. 
That's right. The critics <laughs> do love it. So the critics probably thought, man, this is the best part in any movie I've ever seen. Thank goodness for the horses. So, okay, you guys remember that scene at the end of... Um, well, I can't remember which one it is. But where, where Finn is walking around with... It's in Last Jedi. He's walking around with like the water suit around him still, and it's like leaking everywhere. That's kind of like how I feel at the end of watching The Last Jedi. I'm kind of like, <laughs> I just have no idea what to do. <laughs> um, anyway, we keep talking about The Last Jedi a lot. I know. This isn't about I, yeah. The Last Jedi, but um, anyway. J.J. Abrams, uh, you could tell that this was uh, Episode Nine, Rise of Skywalker. You could tell it was J.J. Abrams again. It was definitely a different uh, director, different direction for sure. Um, and I would say that the this isn't really spoiler territory, but... I would say that the the pacing of the movie of episode nine was kind of all over the place um, because I feel like the first forty five minutes were uh, were J J Abrams basically saying, "Here's my episode eight, um, and he just threw in as much as possible. I just remember from this third watch through that Keelan and I watched the other night. I just remember like every scene you know, where it jumped back and forth between good guys or bad guys or back to the home base and then back to the good guys or, or whatever. All those scenes were like maybe 20 seconds long and they had like several, several lines. Everything's so, so, so fast and all the all the jump cuts are fast. That being said, it, it didn't, you know, it seemed really fast and you're kind of like, oh man, hold on to your hats. But at the same time, you knew it was going on. It wasn't too fast where you didn't know what was happening. It was pretty simple. Um... But yeah, the pacing of this one was all over the place. Um, so if you haven't watched it for the first time, be prepared for the first hour to like uh, blink a lot. <laughs> yeah. Do you guys feel that with the pacing on this one? Yeah, uh, that's one of my biggest problems with the movie is that um, it does really seem like it's two movies, maybe even almost three movies kind of just jammed into one and it's not even that long of a movie either um and there yeah it's just it's packed with things and there's just not enough time for things to sit and for the audience to kind of be in the moment because it always has to jump to the next thing and the next thing and um granted there are some some good moments throughout um where it does slow down a bit but uh yeah the pacing was something that bothered me a bit it did seem really fast. I remember when it was over, we were kind of like, it was like I walked out kind of like, whoa, wow. <laughs> but I liked it. So it was a different feeling. I think it's a, I think it was a pretty cool uh, ending to the Star Wars saga. I thought that the ending was pretty cool. Um, yeah. Let's I, go into spoiler territory. Should man. we spoiler it up? Okay. Because spoiler town. It's time. Uh, yeah. So spoilers now. If you haven't watched it, you've heard all of our, uh, not all, but some of our little you know things that we had to say. Um, I recommend it. Uh, I think these guys do too. So go go take a take a look, take a gander. So are we doing this in like kind of a sequential order? Yeah. Sure. Um, like I said, Ray is a descendant of Chewbacca. <laughs> so that really was spoiled. No, uh, I liked how they ended this movie. I liked how I, I thought it was cool that Palpatine's back, like back, back. Um, I thought that was kind of a cool thing. At the same time, it was kind of 
I don't know. I don't know. Was that their plan in episode seven? Do you think? Or what? I mean, the thing about this trilogy is that there was there was no plan at all. They they never sat down and had they made made a roadmap. It was just um, uh, really wait no like this was totally it seemed so organized the whole time every piece of this made total sense okay i don't want to jump into the other movies but something that i think kind of uh demonstrates how unprepared they were uh when making this trilogy um towards the end of filming for uh the force awakens ryan johnson was visiting the set on uh i think it's ireland where they where luke's island is um and, um, yeah, Luke, visiting Luke, Ireland, you know, where Luke is. Luke went Ireland. to Ireland. Um, <laughs> spoiler <but> alert, <laughs> Luke goes to Ireland. <laughs> but Glad from what know. I read, it was JJ Abrams had this idea where when, when Ray finds Luke, he's going to be meditating the way we see Ray at the beginning of, uh, this movie, um, Luke would be kind of floating in the air and there'd be rocks revolving around him. Um, and uh, Ryan Johnson was like, just so you know, my plan for episode eight is that Luke is not that person anymore. And so they like, not that it was a huge course correction for uh, uh, The Force Awakens because it was at the very last, like two seconds of the movie, but they had no communication at all, it seems. And it was just so disorganized and ugh. Do you think it was J.J. didn't want to do another one or what at the time? Well, they had uh, three directors lined up. They had J.J. for the first one. They had Ryan for the second one. And then they had uh, Colin Trevorrow for um, Rise of Skywalker. And it wasn't until they read uh, Colin's script that they scrapped it. And um, I think it was more of a mutual thing where they parted ways because they both Disney and Colin Trevor had different plans for what they wanted, um, which you can find the script out there on the internet right now. It's kind of an interesting read. I don't think it would have been good, um, but did you read it? Uh, no. Well, I I've read summaries and it's it's dark. Uh, mm. General Hux has Mace Windu's lightsaber and lives on Coruscant. And once the First Order gets destroyed in his script, he stabs himself with Mace Windu's lightsaber. Whoa. Yeah, it, it's wild. It's really interesting stuff. Bummer. Kind uh, of dark. Yeah, no kidding. Um, wow. Boy, that's like throwing my mind off right now. Let's <laughs> rewrite episode 8 and 9 and 7 right now. Um, yeah, I feel like... I don't know why they did that. It's like, let's, you know, let's do... Let's do what other movies have done and get three different directors. And let's just, you know, let's have them never talk about the movies. Let's just have them do their own thing and one can build off the other and it'll be great. But they'll never see each other talk at all. That kind of seems like what they did. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think it's well, because... Go ahead. Oh, go for it. Well, in the original trilogy, George Lucas directed um, A New Hope and then uh, Irvin Kirshner uh, directed... Uh, Empire Strikes Back and then I think it was Lawrence Kasdan directed uh, Return of the Jedi but the thing with the original trilogy is that it was a story that George Lucas had already written and he was there overseeing everything so there was there was a plan and he was there to, to correct things if they weren't going 
the right direction. Yeah, I I watched the making of it on Disney Plus, like the Star Wars making of it thing. That Best was documentary. It was so good. Yeah, it's really long, but it's a definite. If you're a Star Wars nerd, at even just a little bit, you should watch it. Um, yeah, I watched that and. You know, he had like plans for where their characters should go and he had plans for a story, but he also kind of was like focusing on A New Hope at the time, uh, George Lucas, and decided to just kind of wait and see. And then when people started liking it, he was like, okay, here we go. And then he, you know, he was fine. So, so yeah, it's, I just feel like, you know, it, that was like a visionary thing. You know what I mean? It, nobody, nobody thought, oh yeah, this is going to, this is going to work. A lot of his friends were like, this is going to be terrible, man. This is going to suck. And uh, Steven Spielberg was like, um, you know, I kind of like it. And was like, let's roll the dice. You know, he wasn't like, oh, this is going to be great. He was like, let's roll the dice with it. Um, and so that's just so different from this one. It was like, I mean, obviously it's different because Star Wars is already like, a, it's a household thing. It's been around for 30 plus years at that point already, 35 plus years. And it's, you know, it's a staple. Kids love it. They just do. And, you know, so they're like, Disney then gets the rights and they decide to, I don't know, not plan it? I, I just don't know. Maybe they're, I don't know, were they doing too much, doing Marvel at the same time? I just don't see that as an issue. I, I don't know. They definitely weren't doing too much because they acquire things all the time. They know how to, they know how to, get something and then put it into action and do it the right way. But what I didn't like is that in this trilogy, like the very first one was very, very cards close to the chest. Like let's give them what they want. The second one in this trilogy, number eight was very much like now that we've shown you that we know what star Wars used to be, forget about star Wars for the rest of your life. And then <laughs> Then this one was like, wait, no, come back. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can totally see that. Yeah, it's true. Um, but on that note, I enjoy watching all three of these. <laughs> I mean, there's still Star Wars. Uh, there's still a lot of fun. There's a really, really, really good CGI that doesn't make you roll your eyes uh, most of the time. And the acting is still great. The characters are still cool. Um, Let's you know, do characters. The music is still great. Let's talk characters with spoilers, because okay, that's yeah. I think I think that's the highlight for me is characters. It's also an eye roller for me sometimes, but I think my favorite character of this trilogy ends in an absolute glorious spectacle, uh, except for the kiss. Um, Kylo Ren. Definitely was my favorite character. And people said at the very beginning that, oh, he's such a whiny baby, blah, blah, blah. I liked that. Like, I liked that aspect, you know? It was like a villain that was trying to be a villain, but he wasn't really that good at it. And I thought that was pretty yeah. cool. I enjoyed and, that too. Yeah. And, uh, like, he would have a tantrum about not having a good enough tantrum. <laughs> it's just kind of funny that you had we had a character like that. Um, and, yeah, he wasn't, like, as scary um, but, um, but yeah, in this movie, whew, spoilers, here they come. So Kylo Ren does make the turn opposite that of Darth Vader. So he comes from the, or I guess Darth Vader does the same thing. So he, but he actually lives through it. So, well, 
I'm just biting my words entirely. It's basically the same thing happens to both of them. So he, I guess you could say that he really does finish what Dark Vader started, right? By following exactly in his footsteps. Um, yeah. Except he takes the mask off too much. But uh, Kylo Ren, the, my favorite moment in the whole movie is Kylo Ren moment when they're on that planet and they're in the waves and everything and ray and kylo ren are fighting it out and ray is you know trying to convince him and uh kylo ren has this moment the most emotional part in the entire movie for me he sees han solo his dad um again and he can reconcile what he did earlier in this series where he killed his own father and that is an extremely emotional part in the movie because he's so dead set on becoming the most evil person he could possibly be ever, 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 period. And he finally is like, I can't do it. Even if I want to, I can't do it. Like, that's just, I'm a Skywalker. I can't do it. And when he makes that turning point, he sees his dad. I don't know what the line is. I forgot, but you guys just saw it. So what what happens there? I, I can't remember it exactly. It it this is why I agree with you. Why I really like that part is it mirrors um, the scene where he does kill Han in The Force Awakens, and he has that line, um, "I know what I have to do, but I don't, but I don't have the strength. I don't know if I have the strength to do it." That slaps, dude. That made me cry. That was such a good callback. Like all the other ones are cheesy. That one is so good. Oh, keep going. Yeah, what happens? Um. In Force Awakens, then he goes on and says, will you help me? And Han is like, yeah, no, of course, I'll help you. Anything you want, I'll help you. But in this one, when he says, I don't know if I have the strength to do it, Han just instantly goes, yes, you do. And it's, oh, it's so good. And, and then he chucks that lightsaber into the depths, baby. Oh. <laughs> so good. But it was, but it, Han didn't come back. It was Leia projecting Han there. Wasn't it? That's it, why Leia used like the last of her power to do that, to project Han to 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 make a connection again with Kylo Ren to her and Han. Yeah, there was there's the moment when um he has Ray beat and then uh Leia calls out to him and that's when he drops his saber for the first time and Ray grabs it and, and stabs him. Um, yeah. And then it's, yeah, there are some theories, I guess, where it's her being Han. Um, but then Han says something about like, I'm, I'm your memory or something. So it could be something that's not like a force ghost, not a projection, just kind of a internal, uh, I guess projection, but in a, not in a different way, um, of Kylo just, yeah, I don't know. I think it was internal. I interpreted it as internal. I think that Leia definitely stopped him at that one point, and she used the last for being to, to, to really get through to him. And I think on top of that, what Leia did has more impact, even though it seems like, oh, she just kind of reached out and just like kind of made a thought connection with him. I think she had, this is starting to get conspiracy, but I think she learned a force power. I think that's a legit force power. Like 
she was able to use the last of her being to tap into who he really was and bring it straight to the forefront into his prefrontal cortex. And he had to deal with it. Like, oh, that's, I'm not, wait, you're so right. And then he drops his lightsaber. And that's, yeah, but that's a force power that Leia's had from the beginning. Do you remember? Remember when, like, I don't even know, it's episode five or episode six, and everyone's like, man, I hope Luke's okay. And she's like, I know he is. And they're like, how? She's like, I just know. You know what I mean? That's that's her connection. She's got a connection with her family. <clears throat> to I, me, that's really cool. Because you don't see that with other Jedi or mm-hmm. other Force users at all, do you? Well, you're not no, supposed to have not family. allowed to have families. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. True, true. Go Skywalkers. But she takes it to the next level in that episode then because she helps somebody else realize themselves, which is totally different than I know where that person is. Um, but you're, you're totally to me, right. Yeah, I, I agree with you guys. That scene is so, so good. Um, that scene, I also want to bring up Ray in that scene. It, it makes me feel like Ray and Kylo or Ray and Ben are the same person. Not like the same person, but they're dealing with the exact same thing, just playing different roles. Ray is good dealing with trying to, you know, some darkness in her. She doesn't like the darkness in her. She thinks she should be all light, da 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 Kylo is bad, is pursuing the darkness, is walking his path of the darkness, and has this light inside him that he wants to get rid of. He's like, ugh, I can't stand this. Get it out. They're dealing with the exact same thing. At that moment, at that moment that you're talking about, they sort of swap roles for that second because Kylo, you know, Ben stops fighting Rey and is like, whoa, I sense something. And that's when Leia is like, you know, beam me up, Scotty, to him. <laughs> and then Rey, out of anger, stabs him with the lightsaber. That's, they like swap roles, right? I, I mean, a Jedi shouldn't, you know, I mean, obviously they're fighting but i you know what i mean it, to me that was like a, a total role swap um and and then ray kind of stops and realizes oh shoot and then she heals him which is awesome and you know all that stuff happens but that was like the turning point where they both kind of realized obviously ray didn't turn bad um there there you go spoiler ray doesn't turn bad obviously um but yeah, to me, that was, you know, just to add something else to that scene that I thought was cool was that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And while we're on the topic of that scene in general, that lightsaber fight is so cool. And the moments where it, it's like one after another where um, uh, Kylo swings at, at Rey and she stops the the lightsaber with the force. And like you can see the light bending off the saber. And then they like clash one more time and then um, Ray swings at him and then he does the same thing. And it's kind of just like a, like them not really showing off, but showing each other that they're equal in their strength. And that plays into the whole force dyad thing. Reminds me of Anakin and Obi-Wan. Yeah. It yeah. calls back to that. Yeah, for sure. And, and that's the, go ahead. Go for it, Tyler. So <laughs> I like did like Awkward. a breathing thing. <laughs> this is one of those brother um, moments where I don't know what to do. You guys are having a moment. So the cool thing about in the third movie way back on the prequels is that Obi-Wan taught Anakin. And so, of course, they do the exact same moves at the exact same time, which is super cool. Um, But with this one, it's just only slightly different because it's both the kids being taught by the basically like the parent. It's not an actual parent. 
if that's not a spoiler for you, she's not a Skywalker. But, um, but yeah, being taught by the by the parental figure, so same teacher, right? Because because one was taught by Luke and the other, and basically Luke and Leia, and the other was taught by Leia. So, pretty mm-hmm. cool. At the at the start of that fight, um, when they're inside the the old throne room of the second Death Star, um, it's I I just noticed it this time um, when she. After she grabs the Wayfinder and she gets freaked out by her vision of her evil self. Um, Which was really epic, by the way. Yeah. She falls out and drops the Wayfinder and it slides across the room. And um, Kylo picks it up and he's holding it. And I think she either like ignites her lightsaber or she says, like, give it to me, what are you doing, or whatever. And he, he just like drops his hands to his side. And he's he has that like look of, like, are you... Are you seriously going to try to fight me right now? Like, we've done this already. Like, I don't know. I just, yeah. I love that. And then she starts swinging at him with her lightsaber. And he's, he doesn't even have his out. He's just dodging it exactly like um, Luke was doing to him in The Last Jedi. And it it's just cool because Luke was his master. And he's, even though he's on the other side, he's still like learning from him. And I think that's so cool. I love that. But the part that I was talking about earlier about, the music and my disappointment is that the lightsaber fight it's silent except for the waves which is cool it's cool hearing the big waves crash down and stuff but it would also be really cool to have just one more epic lightsaber fight song oh man i yeah. miss those dude that lightsaber fight uh, on mustafar on episode three with uh with obi and anakin has like the best music in that whole movie you're right. Yeah, I I never even noticed that before. I always thought that scene was, you know, the fighting itself is cool, but I always thought it felt awkward for some reason. And that you're right. That's it. That is. It has no music. That's ridiculous. Even back to, uh, Empire Strikes Back has really good music when they're, uh, when Luke and Vader are fighting, and then in Return of the Jedi, it's super good. That's when John Williams starts bringing in a little bit of the the choir to it. Um, and then Duel of the Fates in episode one, like it's almost a staple at this point that there should be a good, like really epic track for the, the big showdown. And especially this being the last Skywalker saga movie. Like if this is the last lightsaber fight, I, I just felt like there should have been a little more music. I'm with you for sure. It's almost like a dance and without it, without the music, it's like, they just look kind of funky. <laughs> yeah i'd agree with you for sure every time every time someone says something's not good i should try and justify like a critic why is that a good thing you don't like it that's probably a good thing um let's see <laughs> like it's probably a good idea for their like you're, you're, this is the english teacher in me you ready for this it's probably a good idea for there not to be any music there because it's the wrap-up of everything and so it shouldn't have uh, a dance. It's not a dance of any kind. It's totally an internal battle. You shouldn't have any emotion, emotional music connected to it to make it any better at all. It should just be as crappy as it is now. <laughs> <laughs> it does make it more raw. And I, I wonder if, is there music when he sees Han? I don't know. Nothing that... I don't nothing memorable I don't think that there is and I hesitate to say this but I think that's why I had such an emotional connection to that piece 
Um, and if they had a big lightsaber battle fight song, they would have had to transition into some sort of sentimental music for that scene because it would have been really awkward to have a super epic battle with epic music and then just silence while he was talking to his dad. Um, so I can appreciate there not being music there for that reason because I think that had a that hit a strong note for me because it was just the waves crashing in the background as he was talking to his dad. That's true. I think I think if there were music involved in that scene, it would have put you directly into that scene, like right there. You know what I mean? But with no music, it kind of lends your mind to be able to think more about what's happening, more about like, wait, why are they fighting again? Kind of like Keelan said, you know, Kylo kind of, kind of going like, really, you want to do this again? So I, I, could, I could see that portion too, but I still would rather there be music. But yeah, I see both sides too. Hmm. To that... So I'm just going to throw a spoiler out there and then ask what your guys' thoughts are on it, if you don't mind. Because, Micah, you already admitted that you have a certain opinion about this, and I actually disagree with you. What are your thoughts on Palpy coming back? Palpy's Emperor Palpatine. Uh, if you don't know. Yeah, uh, we Emperor call him Palpy. Palpy, yep. He comes back, and he doesn't just come back. Guess where Ray comes from? Yes, that's right. Old wrinkly lightning boy. That's where Ray comes from. How? Nobody knows. <laughs> How does that guy have a baby at his age? Nobody knows. <laughs> but Keelan, apparently, because he's making a face. <laughs> of course you know. Wait, yeah, but, but Ray's not his, not his daughter. It's his granddaughter. Uh, it's even worse. Okay, so... Just, yeah. <laughs> um, so, this is... Another problem that I have with the movie is that this is the the reason why I know this is because I read articles that got it from the novelization from of the movie, uh, which is technically canon, so it's the real thing. Um, the Palpatine that we see in Rise of Skywalker is a clone. Um, it's not like a clone, as in like the clone troopers. It's more of like a a body that his spirit. So it's it's legit him just in. A different body even though it looks exactly like him um and ray's dad is a failed clone um who had no force sensitivity um and then i guess somehow got away from the most evil guy most powerful person ever um had a baby and then that baby was super powerful with the force and that was ray um i don't like Palpatine being back at all especially the fact that it was revealed in a trailer for the movie it wasn't how cool would it be if at like at the end like it would be such a good stinger to end like last uh, last Jedi with of of some hint that Palpatine's back but it's not until the trailer for the movie and then the oh man the opening crawl for this for Rise of Skywalker I think is the worst one the the first line is the dead speak with the <laughs> exclamation point which i think is so cheesy it's so stupid and it says um you know there's a everyone intercepted a, a transmission from a mysterious source claiming that the that emperor palpatine is back that transmission was something that you could only listen to if you were playing fortnite at a certain time they like did some partnership no. and you can listen to that of, of palpatine speaking all oh, it's time for my revenge, blah, blah, blah. But 
only if you were playing Fortnite. So that instantly took the immersion out of it because it brought it into the real world and then into something like Fortnite, which, I mean, Fortnite's fun and everything, but it it's just, it's weird. And there's no reason for him to be back at all, especially since for it to be the big the big finale of the whole series and it ends in the same way that episode 6 ends with them defeating spoilers defeating palpatine and one of the first lines is palpatine saying i've died before but the dark side is a pathway to many abilities some would consider some consider to be unnatural so why why do why should we believe that this time he's actually dead like there, it just was i don't know it, it felt like so anticlimactic because we've seen it already and he died in a less explosive way than he did before so and it wasn't even his real body apparently so i mean i don't know it's just yeah i mean ian mcdermott is a fantastic actor i think he does great in this movie um and he even says do it and everything like it's 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 ah. good he does great but i just i don't see the reason for him to be back micah what are your thoughts okay i've got lots of things to say um Maybe it's lazy writing. Maybe it's because you find out that the Supreme Leader guy is pretty lame in The Last Jedi and dies really easy. And they needed someone to fill the villain role that wasn't just Kylo Ren for for The Rise of Skywalker and didn't want to have to build someone from scratch um, because that would take too much time because you have to correct episode eight. I'm just thinking of like things that, you know, reasons why they might've brought him back. Um, I agree with you, Keelan. They're having it be on a trailer is dumb. They shouldn't have done that. That was ridiculous. It was like, okay, now everyone, now no one's going to go see it. <laughs> like, I don't know. You know, people will because it's star Wars, but anyway. Um, but I also think that, Palpatine is really powerful and has been for a long time and just the way that he um, the way that he rose to power um, in front of every politician in the universe's nose especially like basically living in the same building as the Jedi and just rose to power that way has always been so so cool to me and the fact that even you know, all of that stuff, he's still, still alive years and years and years later, like basically throwing in Supreme Leader Snoke as a puppet. Um, and to me, that makes Emperor Palpatine that much more terrifying as his like overall story arc as his character. It makes it terrifying. Does it fit in the movie? I don't think so. But that's why I enjoy watching it is because it, you know, this movie doesn't, it's not like the Marvel Cinematic Universe. All of it is, all of it is like, there's these little bad guys and then you start seeing this thing where there's like this big and then Thanos is the bad guy. And it's like all culminating to that one moment where Thanos has been kind of controlling everything and you find out, da 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 da. This isn't really like that because you know, because you don't really know what's, especially after episode seven, you're like, okay, so there's this Supreme Leader Snoke guy, and then they decide, oh, well, I guess he's just a puppet for Palpatine. 
So that part of it I don't like because it, it seems lazy to me. It seems, I mean, there's plenty of epic Sith in the uh, comics and books to choose from on who you could pick and have in a movie and try to do justice in a movie. You could also just make up anything you wanted like they did with Snoke. But yeah, I I kind of liked watching Palpatine because it was something I already knew. And it was like, okay, what's he going to do next? Because you don't really know. Because obviously there's no limit to his power, like Keelan said. Which makes the ending of him dying less believable, like you said. But yeah, so I agree with everything you guys say, but I still liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I... As you were talking, I did develop a little bit more of an appreciation for it. And I do think it's cool that Palpatine comes all the way from the very beginning and he and he comes all the way back at the very end. Especially because in the third movie, he has a very intentional conversation with Anakin Skywalker saying, I know how to bring people back from the dead. Like, I know how to do that now. So... Is that and, a call to that happening way in the future? Did George Lucas think, hey, maybe that could happen? He certainly may have. Right. I think that and was actually a possibility. That's good writing because you're like, that could either be just him trying to seduce Anakin to the dark side or that could be something that he can do. Yeah. And you don't know. And you can decide later. And that's exactly what they did. Yeah. And it's also interesting because what Keelan said about it being a clone thing, that makes me put even more weight on star wars the clone wars because not not the uh, tv series but the actual second movie because somebody started that dang clone process you know and i don't think now that i heard this in this last episode that it was started because they wanted a clone army i think it was started because hey i want to figure out uh your process for making clones and i want to see how reliable that is um and who knows how many Palpatine clones there are. That is a scary aspect of it because maybe he can just pop himself right on out of that body and go in the next one. But I do have a problem, however, with anything of that nature being in any story, period, because it takes a lot of the stakes out of everything. I'm going to call it the Kingdom Hearts conundrum. Yeah, I was just thinking Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. If you've not played Kingdom Hearts 3 yet um, or or Kingdom Hearts 1 or 2, it's it's mainly a problem in Kingdom Hearts 3. Basically, you die in that game, not not gameplay-wise, but every single person, I swear, dies in that game, and they just come off right on back. And at the end of the, end of the game, they say, oh, no, this person's gone forever. But they're not, because they can't be, because anyone can come back from whatever, whatever. Like, it doesn't matter. And so if you have a character that can just poofity poof, 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 bring themselves back to life, you've got a problem. And the reason why it's not a problem in something like Harry Potter is, yeah, he can bring himself back to life seven times because he split his soul into seven pieces. But if you kill every seven piece, all seven pieces, you've killed him. Like, that's, that's, that's it. You can't do it anymore. There's a limit. There has to be a limit of some kind. And we have something as ambiguous as the Force and you choose something like a clone that can be made hundreds of thousands of times and then scattered across the universe, um, you've got a problem because Palpatine's never going to die and we'll never be sure of it. I think that's something that uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe has over Star Wars for sure, is that at the same time, there's, you know, because because the MCU deals with... um, time travel there it's it's like they're not dead 
because they're like, oh, they just traveled back to another time or they, you know, they see the same guy in a different time. But the stakes are the, the stakes are real. Like if you die, you're, you're dead. You're not coming back. People can go back in time because there's time travel and see you, but they know where you end and where it's done, where Thanos dies, where Tony Stark dies. Um, and that's something that, just like you said, it's it, there's no the stakes are, you know, they've grasped something that I don't think is easy or even should be tried to grasp in some kind of story. Like you said, no stakes. You know, if if they die and they can just come back as someone else or as something different or as a different form of themselves, it gets boring really fast, really fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yet we still played all three Kingdom Hearts games. Yes. So, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's entertaining. <laughs> uh, something that this movie... I, it sounds like I really don't like this movie, but... I, I like all, all the Star Wars movies. They're all uh, fun and enjoyable for me. Um, but something that this movie does a lot is that it, it just brings up a whole bunch of new information, new ideas, and it just says, don't think about it. Just accept that it's happening and move on. And Like the Wayfinder. The Wayfinder. And, like Babu uh, Frick. Babu Frick. That's the name of a character in this movie. Babu Frick, and he's this tiny little dude. He looks like a he looks like a Happy Meal toy. He's a mechanic <laughs> that works on everything, speaks a uh, really goofy language, and goes. <laughs> Keelan, make the but, noise. What is the noise? Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, he does that. Uh, basically, he's like, "Take me with you," and they're like, "Sure," and he's like, whoop, whoop. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But there's so many things. The the final. Uh, Space, it's not space battle, dog fight, whatever you want to call it. Um, the ships can only take off if they have a, a, a beacon. And the the final order has been planning this for who knows how long, but they only have two beacons. And why, like, why don't they have more? Why can't they activate their shields in, you know, where they're standing right now? Why are they all trying to launch at the same time? Why didn't they start launching, like, a while ago? Like, it just it just doesn't make a lot of sense if you think about it. If you don't like try to think about it too hard, it's pretty fun. But mm. there's just a lot of things that are kind of just I don't know. Keelan, I want to know more. This is about Rise of Skywalker, but I want to know more why you like the last last Jedi so much more than we do. Um Yeah, uh actually it it probably didn't I probably didn't start liking it a lot more than I did initially until after I watched Rise of Skywalker. Um, I don't think there's a single shot in Rise of Skywalker that stands out to me. There's nothing cinematically special about it. Um, Everything's very plain. I think the final uh, fight with uh, Rey and Palpatine and Ben and his knights, which... The Knights of Ren were so cool, except they're hardly in any of the movies. Um, anyway, it's nothing's like looks cool about it. the The moves are cool, fine, whatever, and lightning's cool and all that. But like, I don't know the the Last Jedi. I think tells a way more uh, condensed uh, story. Um, granted, that's not hard when you're 
going up against Rise of Skywalker because it's like eight different movies in one. Um, I like the even though Luke does is different than what I would have wanted him to be. Um, I can see why. Well, after Rise of Skywalker, I don't know. I think just looking at, it, I think it's the best looking Star Wars movie out of all of them by far. Um, Rogue One might be up there too, but um, I think the music is is good. Uh, there's a lot of just good moments. the The Battle of Crate is probably my favorite battle in Star Wars, in like a large scale sense. Maybe uh, not as much as uh, the Death Star run and A New Hope, but. It's just, it's so cool and unique. And um, yeah, with the the red and the colors in that movie are just insane. The, the throne room, when they're fighting, I know there's a whole bunch of, uh, I don't know what you would call them. A lot of people break down that fight in the throne room and say, oh, look how bad it is. It's so choreographed. And of course it's choreographed. It's a movie. You look at Obi-Wan versus Anakin, people, that's awesome too. But it's also very choreographed. Um, and it's uh, it's just so fun to look at and I think there are pretty cool moments and the way it sets up the whole uh, force connection between Rey and Kylo um, is really cool and it's something that we've never seen before uh, I yeah I mean it's not like my favorite Star Wars movie at all but it's I think it's my favorite out of the three uh, of the new trilogy. And you think it's better than Force Awakens? I didn't enjoy it as much as Force Awakens. Um, hmm. I Force Awakens is is good, but I also, as much as it feels like Star Wars, there's also a lot of moments where it like doesn't in weird ways. I'm thinking of like the Rathtar scene. Um, that feels like Star Trek, which is weird. It, which is, you would think is really close, but the fact that it, I don't know, it just, it throws me off so much. And again, there's, it's a little more visually pleasing, um, than, than, uh, Rise of Skywalker, but yeah, it's just, it's not a, uh, I don't know. I just, I really, I, maybe it's after after taking some film classes at Corbin where I, and cinematography in particular, where I'm looking at, um, uh, when I'm looking at uh, specific shots, but everything in The Last Jedi seems very intentional. And while that deviates from what J.J. Abrams set up, um, I think it knows what the story is trying to tell, and it tells it. And even though I disagree with the choices that the, that he made for the characters, some of the characters at least, um, I can appreciate that he is telling the story that he wants to tell. And Rise of Skywalker definitely felt like they were just trying to clean up a mess that I don't think needed to be cleaned up. Even though Last Jedi did away with a lot of the stuff that Force Awakens set up, um, Rise of Skywalker did away with a lot of the stuff that Last Jedi set up. And I think as a whole, the trilogy is my least favorite one. but yeah, no, I think The Last Jedi is the most uh, contained story out of the three new ones. Um, and it has that added benefit of not being uh, derivative of the older movies, which I know that uh, 
makes people mad. Um, but I appreciate it that way. And yeah, it's just such a good movie to like, if you don't like what happens, just turn the sound off and just appreciate how awesome it looks. Oh, it's so cool. So many good shots. The, the standoff between Luke and Kylo with the sunset and the, when all the lasers are firing at him and the, the white salt and the, the red flying up. Oh, it's so cool. So cool. I love it. I can see how this would be critically acclaimed if the story didn't exist. I totally, I totally see that. <laughs> I could do that. Yeah, I can get on board with that. <laughs> but as an English person, you have to understand that I can't put the story aside and for it to be that bad in my eyes. And it'd be one thing, too, if it was just bad choices with characters. But there are things that legitimately don't make sense to me. Like, there is so much illogical stuff happening there. Like, they tried to pull the conflict out of a rock. They're like, oh, let's like, let's make a problem. Like, these ships can't go fast enough. And um, they, they can only shoot this cannon this fast. And, oh, this lady wasn't actually the bad guy. She was the good guy. And she's going to sacrifice herself by shooting a little teeny tiny cannon at this giant ship and knows she's going to die already and is not going to do the light speed jump until it's already killed five of your own ships. Like, I just can't, I can't reconcile it. <laughs> yeah. No, but she didn't know it was a one in a million shot, you know? How could uh. you be sure it's going to work? <laughs> was I it? love, well, that's the thing with Rise of Skywalker is that they, they like, try to cover up a lot of the stuff that people were upset about. You know, the big question was after Haldo did that, that light speed detonation kamikaze thing, super cool to look at. Again, that was, that's something I didn't mention. That's a really visually that's a beautiful visual. Yeah. And, uh, audibly it's so cool. Definitely. Um, but, uh, when they're talking, when they're going over their plans in Rise of Skywalker, someone says, why don't we just pull a Haldo and, you know, do some real damage. And then they're like, no, that's a one in a million shot. That'll never work again. And it's just, it's, it's almost fourth wall breaking on how like on the nose they are with some of those things in yeah. rise of Skywalker. Um, but something else that I really like about last Jedi, um, the Yoda, when Yoda comes back, I love, I, he says, um, this is after Ray leaves. And, um, this is where the turn happens for Luke. Um, and Yoda says, we are what they grow past or grow above or something. Um, talking about the relationship between master and apprentice. And I, I love that. And it's all about failure and how you use failure as a lesson and how you can grow from it. And, um, that's more fulfilled, I guess, in Rise of Skywalker when she goes back to the island and Luke says, no, you're wrong. I was wrong. Don't do this. Uh, learn from my mistakes and stuff. But I think it's set up well in, um, last Jedi and I like that that sentiment there you know I I kind of want to watch last Jedi again um, I think I've seen it probably three or four times but it's been a while probably about a year or, or more um, now that you've said all that stuff I you know I really agree with both of you guys I I still don't really like it I still think it's the best or it's the worst Star Wars movie it's um, the spoiler best alert. Star Wars movie <laughs> <laughs> spoiler alert for uh that future episode when we rate them all um that's probably going to be my least um 
just, you know, because of what Tyler said, because of the, the, the huge gaping plot holes that just don't, that just make the movie not make sense, that just have, make the movie have absolutely no weight, um, no, no weight to base um, tension on. In, in any aspect but I also agree with Keelan that there's a lot of things in that movie that are very memorable and a lot of things that it is very beautiful a very 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 beautiful movie um, and I agree with Keelan a lot of the aspects of it are very a lot more memorable than 7 and 9 I remember a lot of the, the end of 9 and I remember some lightsaber battles and I remember like three or four things in seven <laughs> but <clears throat> I remember a lot of eight but I also remember a lot of the times that I in eight in the theater where I just felt like this doesn't feel like Star Wars um, you know so yeah episode nine um, is is more it feels more like Star Wars um, but it's got its own plot issues for sure they're not anywhere close to episode eight but they're different at the same time I'll say um, this too. So I, I see where you both where you both are coming from. Star Wars has never been known for its incredible, amazing story that like is the most bestest story in the entire world. It's got pretty good story. Like it's got some pretty cool little twists and turns for here and there. But yeah, like it's not it's not Lord of the Rings. It's not Lord of the Rings in that, in that aspect. Mm-hmm. It's not like the most pro- profound experience you'll ever have. It's largely um, like a big piece of the star wars movie all the time since the beginning has always been it's a visual effects show they want to they want to make it amazing to look at which is why like a lot of really cool visual effects pixar was born out of was born out of the original star wars trilogy in a way right that's like a little yeah that's a thing that they made that they would prototype things on so lots of cool technology and some really cool state-of-the-art effects have always been part of Star Wars, which is always fun to look at. And the story is always the story, which is pretty good. Like, I, I'm interested in the story. Um, and I think Nine delivered on that. I'll say that. Like, the my, vision. Yeah. Go ahead. My favorite parts about Star Wars, about the Star Wars story, are things that I speculate about outside of the actual story. Mm-hmm. Like, when I think about, you know, Tyler, I, I know you've heard my, I think Keelan, you have too, but my, my thoughts behind Luke Skywalker and how he figured everything out, um, how he figured out that you can have a family and friends and love them and still be good and walk the line. You, you know, you, you can be selfless and have distractions and be a fantastic Jedi. Um, and that to me is something that it's not in the movie necessarily. You kind of see evidence of it. You can kind of gloss over it pretty easily, but the, yeah, my favorite thing about the star Wars stories are my speculation of them are me or is me talking with you guys about them. It's mm-hmm. not necessarily what happens. <laughs> And that's something totally different from like Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. All of those, all of those are like it's what happens. It's what happens that's so insane. And the speculation, sure, there's a ton more 
well, not a ton more, but there's their own lore for all all of those. You know, it's all got their own lore. Stinking Lord of the Rings has a several, at least one, but more, probably more languages that were, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Full on That's languages. what I'll say about the story. Yeah, and I don't, like, I actually don't mind having Palby back to a certain extent, but I also think it was unnecessary. <laughs> it didn't need Palby. to happen, but they chose to do it, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. I can see it fitting, I guess. But, yeah, I, overall, uh, can we talk about another really cool moment in the movie real quick? Hit when it. we When we see Ray, we always knew that Ray had a little bit of the dark side in her, but when we see Ray trying to hold that ship back and she's starting to get angry and it turns into lightning, whoa, that's so cool. Talk about a cool shot, too. Like, they came out wide on that shot, so you could see the lightning go all the way up, crawl up there, and then take out that ship. That was cool. And heartbreaking at the same time. We all thought, you know, Chewbacca was in there. Chewie, her grandfather. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You can see it in the brown hair. That's right. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, that's one of my favorite parts, too. It's it's super cool. And it's a little... uh, Probably definitely not intentional, but it's kind of a callback to uh, Force Unleashed. I don't know if anyone's ever played that game oh, before. Oh, true. But Good one. In that game, it's not canon, so it uh, doesn't really matter. But um, there's a, a, a scene where your character, um, in order to save some people, he does essentially what Ray does, except it's to an entire Star Destroyer. And he's pulling it oh, down yeah. from orbit. It's so high up, and he's, it's, he's taking... Oh, it takes so long, but you see him struggling, and you see the the Star Destroyer kind of lose some altitude and start tipping, and oh, it's so cool. And this just reminded me of that, and with the lightning, oh, it's so cool. I love that. I totally forgot about that in Force Unleashed. That is insane. Oh, that's so cool. cool part. That that part where she blows up the ship. Um, after this, at some point, I'll say some really good things about the movie but there's no consequences <laughs> in this dang movie yeah this, everything that gets set up to be like a big oh no that's so sad it just ends up working out in the end she blows up the ship no that's fine he was on a different transport oh no uh 3po's memory is going to be lost and r2's uh backup storage is unreliable and it's not going to work wait actually this time it's going to work he's going to be fine don't worry about it and it's like all the and the, yeah. they set it up. Oh gosh, where where are we ever gonna find this key to finding the other wayfinder? Oh, I guess we'll just stumble upon it. Yeah, in the middle of the desert, randomly as we fall through a pit. Yeah, yeah. It's just, oh man. Not that it's that big of a, a deal, but um, no, I'm glad point, that though. I'm glad Chewie's alive. I'm glad three PO still gets his memory back. But yeah, there wasn't yeah there wasn't any huge losses. Well, Leia. Leia, Leia, yeah, but Leia didn't die from battle. She, right. she went peaceably doing, you know, her last. That was even good, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, Ben dies, so there's that. So That's that, that does suck. He, yeah, speaking on what Tyler talked about earlier on uh, Kylo Ren being his favorite character is also my favorite character. Um, 
especially we get that that I don't know, it's probably only ten minutes of, of Ben solo. But you can you just he Adam Driver is such a phenomenal actor and he even when he has that switch, even though it's him and I'm sure they they do a little bit of makeup stuff to change it, but you look at him and you it's not like you're looking at Kylo Ren anymore. You're looking at Ben Solo and the way like he just smiles when he he runs and he's he jumps down the hole and grabs onto the chain and he's like slap ow like yeah <laughs> oh, it's yeah. so good <laughs> yes. I love it oh man yeah Adam Driver came out of the woodwork let's talk about that for a second he yeah is a really good actor wasn't and he in the armed forces he was a marine he was yeah yeah and then he like this propelled him a little bit because he got a lot of other gigs off of this i've seen him in a ton of stuff you guys he's been logan really mm-hmm. logan lucky is fantastic i haven't shout out that. to adam driver and channing tatum and daniel craig there's also <laughs> if you're listening no <laughs> uh there's a movie that just uh, i can't remember what it's called it's that one on marriage and divorce marriage story marriage story which i heard so i've good. heard yeah i've heard really good things about that one it's incredible um haven't seen it he yeah he's getting yeah he's getting all sorts of stuff. I mean he did a TED talk. That was before. Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's me. That's the big leagues. <laughs> you know you you know you've uh, hit the big time when you've uh, had your own TED talk. Yeah. Oh, speaking of good actors, R two D two. Are you? I mean he's you been did? around for so long. <laughs> <laughs> you still got it. He he's, or it. Yeah, I don't know. They he um, got so sidelined in this. Yeah, and the whole trilogy—it's just not that it matters because it's just beeps and boops and stuff, which is essentially the same thing that. Yeah, but I know exactly what he says with those beeps and boops somehow true. because of how good that they put them in there. <laughs> yeah, oh, man. He because he he's used a lot in the prequels especially, um, and then he's just almost non-existent and in this trilogy it's funny that they're all in in all of them because they're supposed to be supporting characters i do like let me just say this i do like in the new trilogy that they brought in a new like go-to robot i thought that was a good thing i'm glad they did that Um, yeah bb8 is definitely good really really good character um even though he's just we will we you know little roll rollerball but he's yeah, I, I liked that they brought somebody new in because in the prequels, yeah, in the prequels, they that seemed like a stretch to me. But it, I don't know. George Lucas probably had it in his mind the whole time. But the fact that Anakin Skywalker built C3, C-3PO, I was like, what are the odds? But it's kind of cool. It. Episode 9, I kinda, man. I kind of want to shift gears a little bit. I know we're, we're getting kind of short on time, but... Um, I want to shift gears and talk sort of about the last, like, tenth of the movie. The very last part, starting with um, when Keelan and I were watching it, it was so easy for me to make jokes about the ships and how they, like you said, there's two points of contact for that to control all the ships. And um, I was like, oh, no, our Wi-Fi signal is down. (laughs) And then... (laughs) And then it was like, oh, that's okay. Just un, uh, turn it off and then turn it on again, and <laughs> you'll be fine. 
Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Which is exactly what they did. Just reboot the signal. That's that was that's an actual line that I wrote down. Just reboot the signal. It's like, yeah, just turn off and on again. You're on hold with the Star Wars ship support. Just turn off and on again and you'll be good. Um, so anyway, <laughs> that was just to add. Um, another thing I loved, uh, well, I guess that wasn't something I loved, but one thing that I did love about that last bit was uh, when Lando and Chewie show up with all of the ships. Um, that gave me goosebumps. It gives me goosebumps every time when all when you see all the ships show up. Oh, mm. so awesome! They're, you know when they're like, ah, everyone finally showed up. Poe and Finn are like, yeah, baby, we can do this. Yeah, and then uh, <clears throat> and then one of the guys in the ships is like. What what you know? What fleet is this? It, it's not a fleet. It's just people. Um, <laughs> I thought I thought that was really funny, and, it, yeah. and that was a really good line and, and well placed, and I I enjoyed that quite a bit. Um, and the uh, all the ships and the different ship designs in that. If you pause it yeah. and like look at, it's really cool. It's really it's. I feel like they they took a lot of the designers of the show and like, hey, everybody design a ship and throw it in there. Um, that's super cool to me. Um, yeah. Um, do you guys have any thoughts about that final like dogfight or anything like that? Then I want to talk about the end, which you've touched on a little bit, but the end with uh, Palpy, Ray, and Ben. Something I realized in this whole trilogy, but especially in this last dogfight too, is that a lot, way more than in any of them, a lot of the good guys are depicted being exploded. So many that I'm like, there can't be any more X-Wings left. Like, Poe Dameron's the only one alive now. but And yet, there's still more of them getting shot down, and then all of a sudden, at the end, there's 20 of them. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Where did they come from? <laughs> yeah, I feel I agree with you there. It's like, there's only 12 of them going into the battle. We saw 13 of them die, and now there's 20. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree <laughs> with that. And Poe still is, yeah. Um. Yeah, I... I love when all the when Lando comes back with all the ships and it's playing just the the Star Wars theme the like basically the opening crawl theme and it's it's so cool to hear that happen in the movie um and uh yeah like you were saying all the different ship designs um you can see a Naboo fighter from episode 1 you can see uh Ghost in there if you ever watched the TV show Rebels um which has made a few appearances in other Star Wars movies too, um, which is a cool little uh, cameo. Um, yeah, but it's still it's not. I it's it's not memorable. Really. Aside from that moment, I I can't think of like specific parts that happen. You know, with you have the trench running in a New Hope. You have the when they actually go into the second Death Star. Um, in Return of the Jedi. In Rogue One, you have the hammerhead Corellian cruiser thing breaking the shield wall, which is so cool. Um, and this is just a bunch of ships shooting each other, which is fine. It's it's not like it's boring by any means. Um, and the part when when uh, Palpy uh, shoots lightning into the air and it uh, is basically like a big EMP and it shuts down all the ships and they all just start falling, that's pretty cool. And it's pretty st- stressful, even though you you know it's a it's a Star Wars movie. They're going to be fine, and at least some of them are going to be fine. Um, it's still like kind of a little what's going to happen. And I remember um, something that I do really like about this movie um, 
my that the last like uh 15 minutes or well probably the last half hour of the movie um there were a few times where my heart was kind of racing a bit which was really cool um and i love when movies can do that when they kind of suck you in enough to like have you actually kind of a little stressed out for some of the characters so that was cool uh i thought that this is kind of a that's a great segue into the last bit i want to talk about is uh the final bit with uh the um the characters when uh when he zaps the sky you kind of realize obviously he says unlimited power and that's the thing he says right but you literally see it like there is no limit to this guy's like power that he can hold within him and because he's zapping the whole freaking sky that's insane but also why didn't it zap his ships you know what not I'm just unlimited power unlimited accurate power <laughs> uh-huh. yes indeed <laughs> Um, I thought it was cool that he he's kind of he kind of like took the life out of Ben and Ray for a bit, and then like threw Ben down this thing, and then Ray got up. Um, that to me was cool. She you know under her own power, she started to hear all of those other Jedi's talking to her, and that is something that is something I love about this is all of the vo- vocal cameos. In this, you hear Mace Windu, you hear Obi Wan Kenobi, you hear Anakin, you hear Yoda, you hear you know everybody. Um, that is so so cool. You hear Luke, you, yeah. I just I love that scene where you hear them all, and you're like you hear Qui Gon too a couple times. Um, I love that. Um, and then when she grabs the second lightsaber because he's like all of the Sith are in me, and he's zapping her, and she just has the one lightsaber. She grabs the other one, puts it as an X, and she's like, and all the Jedi are in me sucka basically mm-hmm. and uh palpy zaps himself again um i oh, thought that was guy. awesome i enjoyed it this that it looks fantastic the audio design is really good and it you know it's one of those movies that makes you squint and like oh man you know you're like oh shoot even if you've seen it before you're like oh this is crazy um i loved that last bit yeah uh i i definitely really like the the Jedi coming back to to give her a pep talk and stuff. I thought that was really cool. Uh, they even included, uh, like, Kanan from Rebels. They included, like, kind of far-out characters that a lot of people probably have no idea who they are, but the people who have, you know, watched the, the Disney Channel TV show, they're like, oh, no, I know who that is. And that's, that's really cool that they care enough to include characters like that. Um, and, yeah, I thought, you know, maybe... They were probably written around the same time, um, but a lot of people drew comparisons with uh, Avengers Endgame with the ending to this one, and I don't know if you ever plan on talking about Avengers Endgame on here. Um, probably. Probably. There's a... Yeah, well, okay. Um, <laughs> no, you can you can spoil that one. That's okay, fine. so at the end of Avengers, uh, Iron Man, or uh, Thanos says, I'm inevitable, and... And Iron Man says, and I am Iron Man, and snaps his fingers. And then it was very similar. Um, granted, both Star Wars and Marvel are very protective over their scripts and stuff, so I doubt they would have realized that they were similar when they were writing it or whatever. Um, and, yeah, I don't I don't know how I feel about the lightsaber thing because it's cool that she has all the Jedi in her and she's super powerful. Um, 
but and she's trying to block it with one lightsaber it's not enough and then she just adds another lightsaber and that's fine and it's almost as if it's not really her power it's just there's one more lightsaber there like it and i don't want to call back to uh force unleashed again but there's some there's a similar scene in that where um palpy is electrocuting the main character's friends and he jumps in and he's kind of just force lighting back and they're like converging and he's absorbing the lightning and he's getting shocked and he's like going closer and they're screaming at each other and it's like it's really intense because they're actually using their power and in here it didn't seem like she was using her power so much as just kind of lightsabers and yeah still very i liked the him getting shocked and his skin falling off that was pretty cool and exploding and the rocks hitting all the weird cultist people yeah the i said this to keelan we were watching it the other day the weird cultist people are like just as boring as the madden games audience like you know like like madden like how the audience you just really don't care about but they just kind of put it in there because they have to i felt like that with the weird like yeah those aren't people are they yes no there weren't actually things living things there those were statues no That's they're, they're literally the what statues. I thought they were. That's why statues. I'm saying that's that's how stupid it is. <laughs> there's there's one moment where he says, and now the we'll begin the final ritual, and everyone like kneels down and they're like, whoa, and there there's thousands of them. It's like a big stadium. Also, Dude, if you're trying to like entice, long. if you're trying to like entice somebody to your side, be like, we have cookies. Don't be like, <laughs> we have this crappy throne in this dark room where there's lightning everywhere and there's these nasty dudes in hoods just staring at you. I don't want to do that. That doesn't sound like fun at all. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> obviously Ray's not going to join your side. That doesn't look like fun at all. It's like, you can rule the galaxy or rule all these people with no faces and in this dark room where the throne doesn't even have a cushion. And you don't get fed <laughs> grapes, you know? Another cool thing about the whole that whole scene is the... I like the throne room and the, that whole area with the giant statues. Um, if you've ever played one of the old Republic games, it's very reminiscent of that, of the, the very ancient, you know, the huge statues and stuff. And I think that's really cool to look at. And it's a cool, even though it's not overtly referencing that since they're not canon, but they definitely take inspiration, I think, from those. And that's a cool, cool thing. So Ben and Ray kiss at the end. That's weird. <laughs> Who's with me? Yeah, also another unnecessary thing if you ask me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everyone's like, nah. <laughs> it's yeah, just like, yeah. I mean, and he died too. It was just kind of like what, you know. Well, because, okay, also Ray's force power where she can like transfer life over to other things is pretty sweet. And yeah. also, Ben figured out how to do it because he did that to save her. That's why he died. He sacrificed himself so that she could live. I thought that was pretty sweet. That was really cool. I wish he hadn't died, but again, they kind of got to the end of the movie and decided no one's died yet. <laughs> so maybe that's why. But. Hey, yeah, and no one's kissed yet either. Let's do both real quick. Okay, you're done. Yeah, and then- yeah exactly. Let's do both real quick. Just put a nice little bow on it. Okay, go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, last thing I want to ask you guys about is what do you think about Ray saying her last name was Skywalker at the end? I am mostly indifferent on it. It doesn't really bother me. Um, the, the thing that bothers me most about it is that 
it almost takes away all the closure that would have been there at the end of the movie. And now the movie that was Cause advertised to be... The, yeah, it's going to be the end of the Skywalker saga. And then all of a sudden, there's a new Skywalker. She has a new brand new lightsaber. And everything's good. And she looks off in the distance. And it just does not feel like an end to me. It feels like a... It feels like the end of a first movie, almost. like. Yeah. So that's the thing that bothers me. I don't care that she takes the Skywalker name. I wouldn't have cared if she did it normally. What I do care about is that I think the reason they have the kiss in there is only because they wanted to make it more justifiable that she takes the name. Like, she, oh, she really loved Ben, and so she's going to take the Skywalker name. It's like, just, no. It didn't need to be there. Just leave it out because there was, to me, there was no inkling of any kind that they had a romantic interest in any way. And so that ruined it for me. And I've heard people tell me before when I've said that to them, oh, yeah, but they just went through so much together. It's like, I don't care. Like, no. I've been through a lot with a lot of people, and I don't kiss them when I'm done. You know? (laughs) Like, that's just not how it works. Yeah, but he also didn't just kill Palpy. So, I mean, yeah, that's who true. knows? You might just kiss everybody. <laughs> I, I actually I actually do think that there's a little bit of connection like that between them the whole time. And I think that they do sort of, you know, do sort of, you know, I like like him. They do sort of like each other, I think, during the whole thing. I didn't like it. And I was kind of like, no, they can't. No, that's weird. And then they kissed at the end. I was like, okay, well, it makes sense because they've kind of been building it up almost the whole time, it seemed like. I think when they when they first touch hands in um, The Last Jedi, when they're doing their Force connection thing, um, again, this is getting into the weeds, bringing up the books or whatever, but I think it says somewhere where once they touch, they like everything between them is shared. Their knowledge and... Uh, the force because of the dyad yeah yeah it's not explicitly stated then because the dyad wasn't revealed at that point but um i think they just through that they have such a deep understanding of each other um i yeah again i can jump on board with that 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 gives me a little bit more context so it's like we didn't we didn't see it happen it just happened and i i'm fine with that again one of those things that you mentioned gillen this is happening, and so you're just going to have to deal with it. But, but still. And it's this, the thing, again, that I enjoy most about Star Wars is talking about things that weren't in the movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. that, yeah, so many things about this trilogy in general have to be are always brought up after the fact in a book or in an interview or in a tweet from the, the director. It's, just, it's, it's like they forget, and then they, that's the best they can do to, to clean it up is just Say, oh, wait, by the way, this is what I actually meant when I did this. Yeah. All right. Let's rate it out. Cool. Let's rate it out. Tyler, you want to rate first? Sure. This is a rating that exists in the Star Wars universe, for the record. I don't rate this on par with other movies because I just can't. Because if I do that, then I have to rate every Star Wars movie at like a below a certain level. So anyway, this is just between the the Star Wars movies on a scale of 1 to 10 in the Star Wars universe. So I just wanted to clarify. Um, Especially if you hear me rate some other movie and you go, are you kidding me? You thought that was better than 
or you, you, you thought that was worse than Star Wars 9? Like, yeah. But as a Star Wars movie, I would probably give this a solid 8 as a Star Wars movie. Well, 7.5. I'm going to go 7.5. My gut says 7.5. There's solid room for C. growth. Yeah, there's room for growth. Um, I thought it did the Star Wars thing. And that's all I can really ask for. So, uh, you know, a C fits because it's passing as a Star Wars movie. There you go. Keelan? I, too, said 7.5, uh, mm. a C. Um, yeah, turn your brain off, have some fun, eat some ruffles, you know, enjoy <laughs> yourself. It's a fun It's a fun movie, has good moments. Um, yeah. Very cool. Um, I I like this one. I gave it uh, 8.5. Um, I give it a solid B. I think that there's a lot of things about it that I would change, a lot of things about it that I don't like. Um, but an epic ending, the pacing's all over the place, but there's a lot of content, and a lot of content that I really like in this movie. There's not a lot in this movie that it's like, ugh, roll your eyes. Um and there's a lot of just cool stuff, and I enjoy watching it. I thought it was a pretty cool ending, um, not as epic as other big universe endings, but uh, but yeah, that's that's me. So solid B. Cool. There you go. There you have it. Thank you for listening to Flicks and Clicks. This has been episode nine of the podcast. Episode. I'm just kidding. Episode, episode nine twelve. Of- episode (laughs) nine of star wars see you later warehouse (laughs) yeah star wars the rise and the fall of palpy the rise of palpy and the fall of palpy and she's like i'm a questionable she's not she's a palpy anyway uh yeah thanks so much for listening to flicks and clicks again uh we will uh catch you again on the flippity flip Maybe if we was having a roast chicken one night or something.